Red Bull Arena is set to open back up on April 17th. Today on Red Bull Weekly, we're joined by Red Bull Arena's Vice President of Operations, Sean Oliver. We break down what the game day experience will look like at RBA. I'm Matt Harmon from the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Countdown to the season opener is on. Thanks for joining us for our latest episode of Red Bulls Weekly. Well, it's got to be a special occasion if we get this guy back on as some sort of Red Bull radio news source, information source, because as we say, a very good afternoon to Sean Oliver, the vice president of operations at Red Bull Arena. Sean, usually when we talk, it's out of the country. I think we we did a spot together in El Salvador. We might have talked together again in the Dominican or Costa Rica, but it is really good to have you back on as we're both stateside this time around. Yeah, it's really interesting to talk to you from the United States. Um, yeah, the last time you did have me on was in the Dominican Republic when we were in the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, you know, so it, it's it's great to be on. It's great to be talking about soccer. It's great to be talking about Red Bull Arena. And when you say talking about Red Bull Arena, it takes on a whole new perspective this year after 2020 when there were no fans in uh, the facility at all, short of that one game against FC Cincinnati in the beginning of the season. And I know as Red Bull uh, will start at home on April 17th. The anticipation as it sits right now that limited fans will be back in. I would imagine uh, with all of the planning, all of the different little implementation of guidelines, of, of health perspectives, of social distancing, you have been one busy guy getting that place ready. Yeah, you know, for if you had told me a year and a half ago that we were going to go through a whole year without having fans in the building, and, um, you know, you asked me how busy I would be during that time, I would have kind of chuckled and been like, well, if we have no fans, it's really kind of a simple operation. But, you know, the unfortunately, the pandemic is ever evolving and we've had to evolve our plans, you know, almost daily uh, when it comes to, you know, building the stadium and getting it ready for fans to come back, which we're super excited about. But we wanted to make sure that we created a super safe environment for everybody, not just the players, not just the staff, um, but especially for the fans to come back. And that is taking a, a yeoman's amount of work from um, a lot of people and a lot of teamwork across you know, jurisdictions to help make sure this comes back safely. You know, Sean, there's there's so many little pieces to this puzzle, I would say. And as you just kind of stated, I mean, your your plan probably changes every day because the guidelines of which you might be working in uh, also might change. If you can, when you consider maybe the information that you're given from Major League Soccer, but that also has to be compared to what you're given from the state of New Jersey. So it's not it's not necessarily MLS saying, OK, go ahead and open or New Jersey saying, go ahead and open. The two basically have to work in, in conjunction with what works for Red Bull Arena. Yeah, um, you know, it was one of the hardest things to work through over the last couple month, months was to plan for scenarios that were a bit ambiguous. So we did not know what the state was going to come out with. Um, luckily, we were tied in with the, the Prudential Center really well, and we've had great communication with the state of New Jersey on, on where this was going and what it was leading to. Um, and then MLS has a certain set of guidelines that you just have to adhere by no matter what the state of New Jersey says, we have to at least meet the highest standard that comes across, whether it's for MLS or it's for the state of New Jersey. So planning for that for months without having some real information was really hard. 
Um, the team did a great job of building a foundation for what that plan would look like. So when MLS came out with um, their playbook about a month ago and the state of New Jersey kind of gave us some clarification with the Devils opening up um, and what they were doing for mass assembly uh, facilities, it gave us we had a good foundation of work that we had put in that we just had to adjust to those plans. But it was really hard to kind of guess what those plans were and start uh, putting the right foundation in place. Sean, let me ask you this from a perspective of the relationship. I mean, they're they're essentially around the corner with the Prudential Center and the Devils. How often um, have you had conversations maybe with them since they've opened their building back up, issues that have popped up, things to maybe consider that you wouldn't know unless the building was physically open? You know, it. we've had, luckily, uh, the people in the, I guess, the sports industry are always looking to help each other. Uh, we have a fantastic relationship with the Prudential Center, with the New Jersey Devils and their entire organization. A few of us went over um, the first night they invited fans back to kind of benchmark what they were going through. And we've had uh, certainly weekly conversations with them of what they've experienced so we know what to expect when um, when fans come back to the building. The reciprocation on that was as we were the first team to open up, bring back any sort of games last year, we had all the folks over from the Devils operations team to kind of walk through our stadium, what we were doing to keep people separated, to keep everybody safe. So it's it's been a fantastic relationship. And I, I'd have to say, for the most part, everybody has come together in this area. And, it, and it's New Jersey in general, the New York, New Jersey attitude of just coming together to make sure that everybody is doing their best to keep everybody safe. Sean, how, how I'll say difficult, how difficult is it if you're working within the confines of, of New Jersey first and then maybe Major League Soccer? I don't know if one is 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 one and one is one A or one A and one B, uh, but clearly every state is doing something a little bit different. So the communication for Major League Soccer, has it been, OK, here's what we're thinking, but you also have to follow the guidelines of your state? Yeah, it's it's exactly right. So we look at the the major league soccer standards as the minimum standards we have to do no matter no matter what event we're going to put on throughout the year, regardless of what state we're in. Then we have to apply the state of New Jersey rules that have come into place. Um, and, and with that, those guidelines have made the state of New Jersey a little more stringent than we've seen in other states. But, you know, we've luckily been working with the state hand in hand to make sure that we are doing everything. We have an emergency action plan that's run by them um, and also run by Major League Soccer and had to be approved by them before we could even go on sale with tickets. So um, one is not higher than the other. They both go hand in hand. And, uh, you know, we've worked closely with them and have been in close communication to make sure that we're meeting all those standards. In most cases, we're well above those standards. Sean Oliver, the Vice President of Operations at Red Bull Arena, our guest on our uh, weekly Red Bulls uh, weekly podcast, Connor Laid with the week off. Uh, he and his wife just giving birth to another child. So it's just uh, me carrying the load this week. Um, Sean, I, I want to go for fans, and I, I'm sure the number will change and things will change during the course of the season. But on April 17th, tell me what it's going to be like for a fan to walk into Red Bull Arena, what they should expect. Well, they should expect to feel safe. Um, that's the number one rule we applied to everything that we have been working on is that the whatever we did, um, the result had to be keeping the fans, keeping the employees and, you know, keeping everybody safe when they come to the arena. It's going to be a different type of experience. It's going to be a, a lot of, uh, I guess, the Marie Kondo effect of less is more. Um, we've really pulled uh, a lot of things off the concourse to give more space and area for people to breathe. Um, your entrance is going to be contactless. There's no not going to be any more pat downs or searching through bags. You're going to walk through a magnetometer. Um, you know, 
we're really limiting the bag policy to a pretty much a no bag policy and any bag that comes in will go through an x-ray machine so there's no touching there when you go into the bathroom it's going to be a completely automated experience where the water uh, will turn on by itself the air the paper towels will move by themselves um, doors will be propped open to make sure there's airflow through every area it's really become a an area that will be safe it'll be more of a living room experience you're going to get your food you're going to sit down in your seat you're going to eat it at your seat just like you would do in your living room um, and a lot more room to breathe and experience the the game of soccer for the pure beauty that it has how about as you walk into the building, Sean? I mean, I, the, you know, the, the Red Bull website has been full of information. I'm, I'm actually uh, was looking at it before. I have it pulled up. And right now, I mean, the, the idea is is keep our fortress safe. Right. So I think the things that people would probably think on their way and you've seen some of the different stadiums and arenas already implement this. Um, I'll, I'll ask you a couple of questions and then you can expand as much as you want. Do you need a COVID test negative result in order to enter Red Bull Arena? No, you don't. You just need to pass a simple um, a simple temperature check to make sure that your temperature is below 100.4 and you'll gain admittance to Red Bull Arena. How about um, wearing a mask? Yes. So one thing that we are, are going to be very stringent on is that you will need to wear a mask at all times at Red Bull Arena unless you're actively eating or drinking. So at this point, it's just masks as well. So neck gaiters, bandanas, other type of face coverings, um, you, you can wear them as long as you have a mask um, underneath it or showing through. And if you don't, we're going to ask, um, but the rule is going to be following along CDC and state guidelines that you must wear a mask at all times. Okay. Um, how about sitting in within the stadium, Sean? If I went with, let's say, three kids, my wife and two kids, four people together. Are we able to sit together if we're in the same group? Yeah. So one of the more painstaking processes we had was mapping out the stadium to find out what the most amount of capacity we could have to get everybody in, but keep them socially distanced at the same time. So one thing we did is that from every armrest of your pod of four, two, three, whatever number of tickets you have in your little pod, the closest your armrest would be on the outside is six feet to another armrest of a pod. Um, it was really a, a long process. I think we went through about 26 versions of it before we got the right one to where we'll actually be seating each other. But your group, whoever you bought tickets with, will be able to sit together and you will be in a safe distance for the 90 minutes of soccer that you're coming to watch from everybody and keep yourself safe. Again, a lot of the information that Sean and I are going through right now on our Red Bulls weekly podcast is on the team website at NewYorkRedBulls.com. Uh, um, Sean, in terms of also having a negative test, you're getting your temperature checked, as you just said. I, I would also say that whether you're vaccinated or not, you don't necessarily have to show up with a vaccination card to to prove that you've been vaccinated to to get any other sort of access that somebody else might not have. No, right now the state of New Jersey um, hasn't, I guess nobody's really defined what those vaccinations are. So for us, we've just kind of put it down as everybody's the same when they come to Red Bull Arena. You pass a temperature check, you're okay to go into the arena. There's no special vaccinated sections at this time or vaccinated concession stands or anything like that. Um, it's really what we want to do is keep everybody kind of in their neighborhood. So you sit down, we've suggested the concessions you should use, the bathrooms you should shoot, use, that will, that will all be on our website as well as um available at game day so you know which areas are closest so you don't have to go too far in your neighborhood to get what you need and to enjoy the game how about when you when you think of it from a perspective of the the parking situation 
will you be having to park in a certain area in order to get into the arena? So let's say if, if you normally go in gate A, are you going to have a specific parking spot or is the parking still open the way that it used to be? Well, the parking is going to be open the way it used to be. There's some things um, for Red Bull that you just can't um, you can't necessarily account for as much as I'd love to build parking on top of that river that runs to the to the south of us. Um, all the parking is still located where it's been. So what we're going to do is we're going to space out the parking in the in the gravel lots that are there. And we've asked the private entities to kind of space out their parking as well as best they can for the time being until we get more of a, a herd immunity and things open up more. So expect the the parking spaces to be a little wider. Um, we uh, There's no tailgating at Red Bull Arena. So if, if you usually come and, and 10 of you get together, expect that to be broken up a little bit because we wanna keep everybody safe and secure. Um, and then we do have suggested times for you to enter the, enter the building. So uh, you can come in 30 to 60 minutes or you know 15 to 45 minutes depending. And there'll be markers outside to say where to stand when you come in. We just um, we want everybody to be safe. It's going to be probably a slower process than you're used to just because of the social distancing that's that's there. But um, it will be contactless um, and it will be a safe experience that you're coming to. Sean, how about the staff? I mean, clearly you have to go through a, a pretty massive training for everyone who works at Red Bull Arena. Um, has there been you know, we're, we're not quite a week out, but we're almost a week out. Has there been a, has there been a run through so people feel comfortable from the staff perspective of how to welcome guests into the building. Yeah, well, we have a we have some pretty awesome partners that we're working with, Delaware North, Securitas, Italian, who's our cleaning company. Um, they're all going through their trainings right now, um, you know, on from anything from food service to how to greet a guest to the same way you'd, you'd want to keep distance from a guest while resolving a problem. Um, you know, I'm actually we're actually going through that test tomorrow. And we're also have um, uh, we'll have a soft opening so everybody can kind of run through it under a little more pressure, like a game like situation. So we're basically having a scrimmage uh, this weekend for the stadium just to figure out to make sure we work out the kinks and, and make sure that everything is going smoothly. So when fans arrive on on April 17th, they'll be, they'll be good to go. And they'll know that we've all been trained, tested and, and ready to serve them. Sean, do you need me to work undercover? Cause I'm going to be at the game on the, on the 10th, a scrimmage to, to do a broadcast. I mean, do you, do I need any sort of covert operation that you and I can put together? No, but you know, all feedback is welcome. You know, the one thing that we are striving to do and, and this pandemic has taught us is that we need to keep evolving. We need to keep getting better. So any feedback we can get, constructive, of course, is always welcome. So when you come in, if you see something that you think we can do to improve, you've got my number, you've got my email, there's a million ways to contact me, please reach out because really what we're trying to do is, is get better every day and, and evolve this experience for our fans so they have a perfect time when they come here. Maybe not necessarily a question for you, Sean, but I'm going to I'm going to ask it to you anyway, because I'm sure you've been involved with the discussions um, for, for somebody who, let's say they want to come to the game on the 17th. And because there are a limited number of seats and tickets, they can't get it. What, you know, can you still buy the ticket on StubHub or is your is your ticket that you buy? Is it now affiliated with your name in a different way than, than maybe it would have done in the in the past? Well, you know, for me, I, I'm not 100% in tune on where the ticket goes once it leaves the Ticketmaster epicenter. Um, but for me, the good thing is, is that I really, I'm not concerned about where the ticket goes because we're providing such a safe experience inside that whoever gets that ticket is going to be socially distanced, is going to be required to wear a mask, is going to be kind of kept in their neighborhood and where they can go in the stadium. So wherever that ticket goes, um, we know we're creating a safe experience inside the arena for whoever hands that ticket and uses that ticket to access. 
you know, you've been with the with the team for so long, Sean, and, and you think of it, Red Bull Arena is still one of the crown jewels in all of Major League Soccer and really the, the, the soccer world of the United States and probably here in this hemisphere. Have you ever had to deal with as much um, from from being in charge of the building than you have over the course of now, let's say, the last 12 to 15 months? No, you know, the interesting thing was, is I've been involved, I think my first year in Major League Soccer was 1998. Um, you know, so I've been around the block once or twice, um, you know, and I've been to a ton of different events during this time. We've hosted a ton of different events, high, you know, high scrutiny events like Manchester United in the All-Star Game, Eastern Conference Finals, um, you know, different matches like that. But I'd have to say the one thing that we learned early on, I want to say April of last year, was that that 20 years of experience kind of has to be forgotten. We have to reimagine what that experience is going to be. We really had to take that knowledge and apply it as best we can, but also keep an open mind and be flexible, understanding that fans are, have one expectation um, and we want to meet that guest experience as best we can. And it's an evolving, as I've mentioned before, it's an evolving pandemic, it's an evolving situation. And you know, the one area where we didn't want to get stuck is saying, this is how we have to do it no matter what. So we really took one guiding principle is we need to keep everybody safe. Um, and with that, we've just kept our, our eyes open, our ears open, making sure that we were flexible enough that, hey, look, if this was our plan and it didn't work, we evolved it. And I guess when you have that one beacon of keeping everybody safe, just every decision we made, is, is this, are we doing this to keep people safe? Yes. Okay. We're going to do it then, as opposed to, you know, this is what we're going to do. I don't care. That one beacon really helped us get through the last, you know, 12 to 15 months building this plan for April 17th. Sean, think of all the terms that have become almost second nature in the in the course of the last now year. Um, I, I'm going to throw contact tracing out at you. What, what will what will it mean for people that enter the stadium if at some point it was learned that somebody else that was in the stadium on the same day turns out to be COVID positive? Well, you know, part of the ticket buying process now is you're checking a couple of boxes, giving us some information to reach out to you in case something happens. Um, you know, it, it's one of the the harder things to uh, control and work with. But the good thing is we have some great people who have gone through a lot of trainings on contact tracing in general. So if there is an issue at the stadium, fans should expect to to get a call from someone saying there was an issue, um, you know, you might have been exposed. Here are the steps you should take. Um, the good thing is, like I said, if you maintain your six foot distancing, if you're wearing a mask, if you, you know, wash your hands, all those steps that we've been told from the beginning, that should put us in a pretty, pretty good place. We think we've set it up so that no matter who comes to the stadium, no matter what happens at the stadium, when you go home, you're as safe as you were when you entered. So, um, you know, with that, putting safety first, all the steps we've put in place, we we do have a good contract system, contract tracing system in place. But we also think that, um, you know, we've built the safety standards around that to make sure that we will not have to put those into place. Well, Sean, what will it mean if um, it says going, going through the process, the Global Biorisk Advisory Council Star Facility, what will that mean for Red Bull Arena uh, under the assumption that that RBA does get that accreditation? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simplify that. We're just going to call it GBAC just to make it a little easier for everybody. But that GBAC accreditation is something that we've worked for for about a year now. Um, you know, simply stated, when we decided that when we found, you know, started thinking about bringing fans back to the building, we, we wanted to make sure that we were taking all the steps possible to to show that we are doing every single thing we can to keep people safe. One of the things is that there was no standardization that we had to measure ourselves against for cleaning, for, you know, air quality, for 
um, you know, disinfecting and, and policies and procedures are bringing people in and out of the building. So uh, we've worked with GBOC for about nine months now to make sure that we get that accreditation. We've met all their standards. We're in the final stages of review. Um, my team has worked very hard, um, you know, in putting all that stuff together. Um, the, the good thing was when we had to submit everything, we did have a great foundation already built for that in. So what we were doing in general was was pretty close to what we needed. So we just took a couple of pieces that we had to had to implement to make it a little better. Um, you know, some of those things where we added high quality air filters into our air handler units, hospital grade, so that any particles um, that were coming through there, they were disinfected and make sure that uh, we were, uh, the air was safe and we added polarization units to all our ha air handlers as well. So all the air that you're breathing on in an inside space, if you do go to one is super clean air, um, completely uh, eliminated of toxins. Not necessarily looking for you to compare to any other stadium or arena, but that accreditation, is that something that now um, most professional teams and organizations that have, have a facility to run, are they shooting for something like that? Or is that is that more Red Bull Arena centered than anything else? Well, we were the first MLS team to specifically reach out to GBOC and say, hey, this is a road we want to go down. Um, it's very important to us that we meet the standards that you're setting out. Um, I think there are other, a couple other teams now that have done it. Uh, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami was one. Barclays Center is another. But we were the first MLS team to really reach out and say, we need to go down this path um, to make sure that we're keeping our fans safe. And, you know, we're lucky enough to, to have made that investment to, to, for that to come to a rally. Fair to say that when you walk into the stadium, you won't have to look very far to get one of the hand sanitizing units where you can always clean your hand if you need to, short of going into the bathroom and using soap and water. Well, I mean, if you look at our stadium and then imagine 200 more uh, hand sanitizer units that were already uh, then were already there out on the concourse, uh, there should be one at every step that you come up. So not every step, but every stairwell that you get to the top of, there'll be a hand sanitizing unit. Any doorway that you're looking to enter any area, there'll be a hand sanitizer unit. They're, they're on the walls. They're pretty much, no matter how much you could keep your hand sanitized at, you know, 200 different stations, you could use the good portion of a game to keep your hand sanitized if you want. You know, in a, in a way, Sean, Sean Oliver, our guest here on Red Bulls Weekly on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network, in a way, it was really unfortunate in 20. 20 to not be able to use the stadium the way that maybe anyone would have anticipated. Um, but, but if you don't mind an update to some of the things that got put into play last year, the safe standing, the party decks, the, the reorganization of club seats, um, where, where all that stands going in now to 2021 and how it kind of plays into this COVID world. Yeah, we, I mean, we had some, what we thought were pretty exciting projects. We worked very closely with the supporters to put in a, a safe standing section in the south end. Um, if you notice there in the south end, the entire wall is going to be red seats now, um, except for the, the red seat was replaced with a black seat. So uh, just a little nice touch there. Um, you know, we're excited to bring our, our supporters back in that area. It will be socially distanced and those will be marked out. So, but they'll have the ability to just stand and jump and, and do their thing. Uh, you know, we built out the Heineken deck and, and sort of to match the, I guess the Heineken star bar um, was built out this year. Um, unfortunately, we won't be able to use it in the way that we intend to as a congregation area to start, but we're hoping by mid-season when uh, hopefully social distancing guidelines are relaxed a little bit, that we'll be able to use that um, just as we use the Blue Point deck as an area for people to enjoy a drink, uh, watch the game while standing up and, and hang out with their friends. The Honda deck is something we put on the 200 level, um, more of party tables to sit down, um, group outings to come and enjoy the game with your friends. 
um, you know, and be able to see the match from an awesome point of view. The second level, if anybody is a soccer purist, that 200 level is a great place to watch the game unfold. And, you know, we also made upgrades to our, our club seats. And, you know, you'll notice some red seats on the west side of the stadium. It's a little nicer seat, a little nicer experience for, for our club seat holders uh, to sit, enjoy the game, be able to go up into the Audi club and enjoy some food in a, in a socially distanced manner. And that that will be starting once we open the doors on the on the 17th. 200 level is nice, Sean. I prefer the sixth floor. That's that's what we consider home uh, with 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 radio and what we do. That vantage point, I, I think, even is better than the 200 level. But we're we're selfish up there. We don't necessarily want anybody coming up that way. Well, I'll bring you up to the catwalk the next game. We can watch from there, and that's an overhead view of the game. It's 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 pretty intimidating, but a great great place to watch. That would be fantastic. Uh, you you know you know Sean, you see all these teams. Um, entering major league soccer or even a team like Columbus that's been in major league soccer for a long time, putting a new stadium in place. How does Red Bull arena stay in front of all these new places and continue to be what I would say one of, if not the premier destination for, for soccer in the United States? You know, I, I'm going to answer this with a trip down memory lane real quick. I, uh, I worked for the New England Revolution when I first started, and we played the Columbus Crew when they opened up Crew Stadium for the first time. And I remember standing, I was on the field and just thinking, wow, this is amazing, a soccer stadium that is, you know, dedicated to soccer, to professional soccer that is out here now. Like, this is, like, is anything better than this? Now I go to Crew Stadium, and you're just like, wow, this was the first stadium, and I can see where I get to come to work every day, see some of the new stadiums like Austin coming online, Sporting Kansas City. Um, you know, the Minnesota Stadium is is unbelievable. LAFC, all these stadiums are just amazing now. We're lucky enough to have some progressive people thinking, hey, we need to continue to build this. Um, the way they built the stadium originally, it's pretty awesome. Um, it's just an awesome place to watch soccer or any sort of sporting event. Um, you know, there's not a bad seat in the house. And I'm not saying that as someone who has worked at the stadium for the entirety that it's been here. But it, but it's true. I've, I've never heard anybody complain about their seat location, and their ability to see the game. And for us, it's always, you know, kind of what I said to the pandemic. We you got to be evolving and you've got to keep your eyes open and listen to your fans and, and what they're asking for. And, and what makes sense for 25,000, we're going to put that into the building and, and keep evolving because it's such a beautiful gem. Um, and, and people to this day will come and say, hey, look, I've been to a lot of the soccer stadium, but there's something about this place that is just a little better than every place I've been. I would imagine, too, Sean, I mean, listen, over the course of the last this will be the seventh year I've been fortunate enough to, to, to work within the organization on the radio side of things. It, it's evolved in the last couple to how can we get more events in here? How can we get more concerts in here? How can we do more stuff to kind of promote what Red Bull Arena is? I would imagine right now that has taken a little bit of a backseat because everything just has been centered on getting the stadium up and going for soccer again. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. I, I will say this. You know, we we always want to bring in more events and do different things, but we know that you know, Red Bull Arena is the home of the New York Red Bulls, and that's first and foremost our our goal is to create an, an atmosphere and and create a a field that really is um, perfect for professional soccer. And I have to admit, our, our grounds team does yeoman's work every year. The amount of games we had last year on that field and the condition that they kept it in throughout, um, you know, what ended up being 35 major league soccer games over the course of three months. Uh, on a, on a professional field without a complaint about the field quality is a 
is a real testament to their work ethic and, you know, the amount of concentration we put on making sure that first and foremost, we're a professional soccer uh, stadium. But, you know, there are opportunities. It's a, like I said, it's a great place to to watch any sort of sporting event. If anybody was here at the Dispatch concert in 2011, an amazing scene um, and not a bad seat in the house. So we're definitely open to new opportunities and, and looking for any way we can we can bring more eyes to to Red Bull Arena and hopefully turn them into New York Red Bull fans. Let's finish with a couple of things. You said a busy arena last year in 2020. It will be busy again here in 2021, not just uh, for Red Bull, but for other teams that will use it. Of course, the, the, the talk has been NYCFC has been able to use it a little bit because of conflicts with Yankee Stadium. Last year, Montreal connections to what was Sky Blue rebanded, ironically enough, today as Gotham FC. Um, so, so all of these teams do want to be part of what's going on at Red Bull Arena which makes the challenge for you as the operational um, director probably even a, a bit more challenging, especially in a time period where COVID is still front and center. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can say it is challenging, especially with COVID, because we have to start first and foremost that we're we're putting down the ground rules of this is the standard you have to meet. If you want to do things on top of that, we're happy to implement them, but you have to meet our standards. Um, what we found is that nobody everybody's pretty happy with our standards and, and having, you know, reaching the standard of, you know, cleanliness and safety that we've put out there. Um, that's kind of been the gold standard. So we're pretty happy with that. The, our counterparts at NYCFC have been great to work with and obviously they work with MLS, but uh, you know, we've worked with them over the past couple of years, um, you know, and sky blue has been great. Um, you know, it's fantastic what they're, what they're doing for women's soccer. And, you know, we're looking forward to being able to put multiple women's soccer games at Red Bull Arena and have that experience of a world-class facility brought to, to to a different group of people who may not have been to Red Bull Arena before. But, um, you know, and the players deserve that type of experience as well. Sean, I want to finish with this, and I'm going to take it right from the Red Bull's website under uh, that page of, of Keep Our Fortress Safe. One of the easiest things for anyone coming, whether you are staff, fan, doesn't make a difference, broadcaster, it says very clearly, be responsible. That's got to be the first line of defense for anybody that's on their way to the stadium. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people are probably a little tired of hearing it, but be responsible. Wear your mask, maintain social distance, wash your hands. They're all just simple things you can do that will keep not only yourself but everybody's safe. And if, if you don't believe in mask wearing, you know, be kind to your neighbor if they might believe in it. So please wear your mask at all times unless you're actively eating or drinking. Maintain your social distance. Um, you know, use the bathrooms, wash your hands. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, and, it, and if you do see a problem, please feel free to reach out. It's important for us to, you know, as much as we like to say we know everything, we don't. And we're open to any suggestions that might be out there to help make you feel safer and, and more likely come back to a New York Red Bulls game. Is there anybody more than you that's looking forward to April 17th and seeing some people come back into the building? You know, I, I think the only person I can mention that might be a little bit more excited uh, than me is my son, Logan, who said he wanted to be the first fan back at the building. Um, you know, we are season ticket holders. We are excited uh, to bring them back. Um, you know, unfortunately, we didn't make the draw for the first game. So, uh, but my family would be back as soon as, as we can to, to experience. He is super pumped uh, to see the New York Red Bulls play. Big fan of Caden Clark. Sean, really appreciate you coming on, especially, you know, a, about a week out from when April 17th and the building will open back up. 
for fans with Kansas City coming into town. Uh, continued safety and health to you and your family. And I look forward to seeing you uh, this week with the final preseason game against D.C. and obviously on the 17th. Let's not wait so long. I mean, listen, I'm all for a cross-country trip or an out-of-country trip to get you on. But this was great to be able to catch up a little bit. Thanks, Matt. It's great hearing from you. And, and I look forward to, uh, to seeing you this Saturday and, and weekends to come. Red Bull Arena's Vice President of Operations, Sean Oliver. I'm Matt Harmon from the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Our thanks, as always, to Gordon Stevenson. We'll be back next week with our weekly podcast, Red Bulls Weekly, here on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network.